Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Houston, PA, Houston's public affairs show, an iHeartMedia broadcast. Our disclaimer says that the opinions expressed on this show do not necessarily reflect those held by this radio station, its management staff, or any of its advertisers. My name is Laurent. I am the Texan from France, and uh, I'm probably not the only one who noticed that one of the first recognizable symbols of hope we saw the night Harvey flooded Houston was the Salvation Army logo. It's a shield, really. Uh, they are an army, and uh, they have in place in the Houston area an organization that is remarkable for its logistics, its equipment, and its will to help their neighbors. That is really what sets them apart. These are people that have a vocation to do this, and they help people, and they have... We're going to talk about the hard data, which proves that what they do is very helpful to the community. But I think that it's it's easy to say that we have been very proud of our Houston community and the area's community uh, for its response to Harvey and how people came out in the pouring rain and put their boats in, in the water. We know these stories, and we're just going to have to keep repeating them because these are good stories. This is good data. But uh, maybe we forget that one of the reasons the city survived as well as it did, for what that's worth, is because we had in place a lot of nonprofit organizations, which are mostly funded by the community. Um, maybe I'll ask that if we have time, how much tax money goes into the Salvation Army. But I guarantee you that, that uh, donations are the crucial part of their budget. This is really the community helping itself. They're about to celebrate over 120 years of service. And my guests are here to talk a little bit about what they did, what they were able to do uh, during Harvey, why it was possible. And we're also going to talk about their association uh, to the Boys and Girls Club. They uh, offer a scholarship to boys and girls who excel in the program and to help them go to college, uh, finish school, and do all kinds of things which will lead them to prosperity. At least that's the idea. And we have actually one of the recipients of those uh, awards to embody the success of the program. Shalika Chisholm is the Emergency Disaster Service Statistician for the Salvation Army of Greater Houston. And with her is Janae Jones. She is the Education Coordinator for the Salvation Army Boys and Girls Club. And like I said, she is the young woman who is the recipient of the Youth of the Year Scholarship, a program she now helps to administer. Uh, Shalika, you, as I said, data is beautiful. And you're, you're one of those people who looks at data and tries to interpret it correctly and before we recorded you said something that puts you in line with how i think <laughs> i said so you're one of those data's beautiful people and do you remember what you answered to me 
I think I said something like data um, is very yes. beautiful. It depends upon how we look at it. If we look at it from a realistic point of view or whether we um, try to create an illusion with the um, numbers. And so anytime we look at it from a realistic point of view, we can take accountability of what we're doing in the community and we can assess how we can do things better. And that is what I mean. I, to me, the, the idea of propaganda needs to be thrown out of the window. Our media isn't doing a great job of interpreting data. What they're doing is what you I, presumably are saying is not as pretty about data, is they're taking their ideology and then they're taking data and they're mixing it, they're mixing it together in such a way that it fits their ideology. And sometimes they have to bend and break the data to make it work. But like you said, if you just use data for accountability, and this is the kind of accountability, very often that's a word we use in the context of punishment, responsibility for crimes and bad actions, but uh, you're actually interpreting the good oh, that yes. the organization is doing. And so this accountability is the best kind. You're saying, look, we're going to we're going to be able to tell the people who help to fund our programs this is what we're doing. Yeah. So what what are some of the general things that you can say about the Army's response to Harvey? And Are you guys really proud, internally speaking? Because you should be. We really are. We're very proud of how we responded to um, Hurricane Harvey, especially because we firmly believe in bringing in all of our resources to whatever area is in need. And so we reached across the United States and Canada to bring in officers and volunteers and employees to help us respond in the best possible way. We had feet on the ground as soon as we possibly could. And at the peak of the storm, we were able to help over 900,000 people. We couldn't have done it with just what the resources we have here in Houston. We reached all the way across to um, all come together and be able to provide a service that was definitely necessary. I saw, I saw them serve food to first responders and people in need, I want to say, before 24 hours was up. I mean, it yeah. was... It, I, you can probably tell us this. Did you not have trucks ready to go out and in maybe even in place by oh, the yes. time that, yeah. So yes. when did you start preparing for this? We knew the storm was coming and we started preparing. Our, our territorial headquarters is located in Atlanta, Georgia. And so we immediately deployed. Everyone knew what their position was going to be and where to meet up and when to come to Atlanta so that they can start um, putting the supplies on the trucks and getting um, and rolling out to Houston. Um, so we immediately had people in place. An incident command here in Houston set up so that we could respond. And then we had others, officers and employees that had already signed up to be deployed two weeks later. We never um, have um, people serve more than two weeks at a time so that they can be refreshed and, and um, we can um, eliminate people getting hurt um, or um, experiencing too much at one time. And so we um, have a um, specific system in place to make sure that assistance is um, at the, at the um, first and foremost response for us. Now, we're talking specifically about the Houston areas where the show airs, but your response was actually along the Texas Gulf Coast, right? Yes. Yeah, and I think they, I think they feel forgotten. 
And it's, uh, you know, it's one of those things. The imagery came out of this town. This is, you know, four million people. Mm -hmm. The overwhelming attention that the Houston area got is probably a detriment to Rockport, for instance, which was leveled. Yes. Uh, Port Aransas, which took a nearly direct hit because it's right next to Rockport. And but you had trucks out on those islands as well. Yes, we had we um, had wherever we have Salvation Army facilities, we were ready to respond. Um, and we knew that we had to have specific supplies in place because those are areas, once the storm hits, it's difficult to get in. cut off. Yeah. And that's exactly what happened in Houston. It was very difficult for uh, for people, um, our, our um, officers and um, staff, to get in to, um, from Dallas after the storm hit. And so what we try to do is prepare in advance so that we at least can um, meet immediate needs and then try to reassess after um, every, after the water recedes and you know after the storm passes. So um, we were able to do that. Um, again, it's never um, it, it's never a, a the perfect situation it's never a perfect situation there's always things where you know you wish you had more supplies but i tell you we used everything that we had to be able to um respond in an appropriate way they'll tell you if you learn how to sail a boat that you there is no such thing as a perfect course because the wind is constantly blowing you off course and it's you know it's one of those obvious things (laughs) if you consider it's like yep i guess so but uh, we forget that we have these incredible machines and a whole lot of volunteers. There's the equipment and there's the human will, but it still pales in comparison to the powerful of Mother Nature. And the, What I think is remarkable, though, is that you guys have in place an organization that works so well on a good day yes. that when, especially in this area, and you know the catastrophes are coming weeks ahead of time, to be able to prepare the response and have the trucks already in the area as opposed to waiting for the thing to happen and send them in is, is a real testament to, to how well the organization works. And like I said, I, I, it, it, there were a few things that I feel embody the Houston pride that we felt uh, during and after Harvey. The Astros gave us the awesome hat video, the lady who dropped her hat from the parking lot. If you haven't seen that video, look up Astros cap parking lot Houston. You're going to love it. It embodies the spirit of optimism and care that the city has showed. Uh, but uh, the truth is that those are kind of their flashy TV media ready moments to recognize. It was really the boots on the ground. It's, it's the people who were warming up the food in the trucks, in the rain, mm-hmm. and those are the people that make it work. And it's not as glamorous, but darn is it spectacular. You are listening to Houston PA, Houston's public affairs show. My name is Laurent, and my guests are here from the Salvation Army. They're online at SalvationArmyHouston.org. That's where you can go to find out specifically about the Houston area, the Gulf Coast area's Salvation Army operation. They're a national organization, but they have chapters. And uh, when you go to SalvationArmyHouston.org, you're aiming your help in this area. I'm right about that, aren't yes, you? Yes, yeah. very much so. Yeah. So mm-hmm. even though it's national, uh, they're encouraging people to help their community. That's how it works, folks. 
Shalika Chisholm is the Emergency Disaster Services Statistician for the Salvation Army of Greater Houston. I have the hardest time saying statistician. It, the French and the English just get in the way. But uh, she is one of those data-driven minds, and she has put that mind to work to helping the Salvation Army determine which programs work best and how to modify them to make them work even better. Uh, and with her is Janae Jones. She is the Education Coordinator for the Salvation Army Boys and Girls Club, and uh, she also administers the Youth of the Year Scholarship Program. Janae is a recipient of the Youth of the Year Scholarship. Janae, what did you do to become the Youth of the Year? Well, um, back when I was growing up, I was also a club kid. Um, I spent countless hours inside of my club because um, my mom, like any other mom, had to work, so she wasn't home with us as much. And um, I really just went into the club headstrong. I went in. I worked directly under the site director. Um, I volunteered for whatever events that they had coming up. I was uh, the leader of the Keystone program they have. What's that? So Keystone is a program that basically um, teaches kids about outreach. And basically what you do is you go in, you do so much community service and things like throughout the year. And then at the end of the year, you take a trip to maybe like a conference or something where you will prepare a presentation and show it in front of everybody else. And I mean, it's good for networking because all the Boys and Girls Club of America, they all come together for those conferences. Shalika, that's kind of a data-driven thing too. They volunteer and then they provide a report of the work they did and yes. the results. So that's It is. It's combining statistics and the story, which is what you love to do. Yeah. The story is what makes the statistics so great, right? Yeah. Because that connects the people to um, the number. And so um, Janae's story is just like so awesome. And it just reflects the numbers um, that we record. Oh, but Janae, you immediately, you're telling us that you were very involved with the Boys and Girls Club. You volunteered. You put in a whole lot of time. Absolutely. So uh, you made friends. Was that the number one reason at first? or? So uh, the number one reason was because my mom yeah. had to work. That, that's honestly the number one reason that sent me to the club. To but keep I, you out of trouble and to give you an education. Absolutely. Yeah. But after I made it into the club and I seen some of the things that they were doing, um, not just within the club, but also the community, then I kind of got involved. Um, the site director, she really took, a, I guess, a liking to me. Um, she really helped me just with my schoolwork. She started teaching me different administrative tasks and things like that. She actually took me to church for the first time. So... After I got under her wing, then I kind of never left. <laughs> yeah, so it's nepotism at its best. It's uh, finding someone from within your organization who works well. You must be well-liked. And then promoting them. So You're the embodiment of the success of the program. That's what I like so much. And uh, Shalika was talking about how the story is what we connect to. That's that's true. It's like you're, 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 you're living proof that these programs absolutely work and that when we go to SalvationArmyHouston.org, for instance, and we give $5, $10 of what we can, it actually really works. And uh, I, I feel like we forget that stuff when you watch the media. It's nothing but doom and gloom. And if you really consider your neighbors and the, the, the life of the people around you, people are just going about their jobs trying to prosper and mostly doing good things. But when you get involved with an organization like the Boys and Girls Club or the Salvation Army, it, the, the purpose is good. It's like you actually... So your mom sent you there. Was there... Do you remember... Uh, was there sort of... 
a moment where you realize it's not just a great place to come and be safe and learn, but this is a vocation for a life. I mean, this is now your profession. You work with them. So um, I actually did have that time. Um, I would say in about 2008, because I graduated high school in 2009 with the Youth of the Year um, scholarship. But in about 2008, um, one summer I was working under the site director and she was teaching me some of the things. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Things that she was doing. And from a young age, I was always asked, like, what do you want to be when you get older? Where do you want to go? And I would always say, well, I don't know, but I want to help people. So after working with her that summer of 2008, it really just kind of hit me. I'm like, maybe I should be a site director. Like, I want to do exactly what it is that you do. I want to touch people in a way that you've touched my life because I wouldn't be the person that I am today if she wasn't the person that she was to help me. So So you kind of want to continue what she started with you, basically. Absolutely. So when you administer the Youth of the Year uh, scholarship, what are the determinations you have to make? How do you pick the winner? Um, So in order to pick the winner, we have an application process that the students go through. They have to turn in their transcripts because they have to have a certain GPA. Um, they're all, right. Also, <laughs> all right. They also have to have three letters of recommendation and they have to write a three minute speech with they, which they will present in front of the judges when they go in on competition day. And from there, we kind of go through, we listen to all the speeches. They, the judges, um, go through all of the applications and then they choose a winner from there. Uh, so it really is kind of a competition. You have to bring something to the table. You have to Absolutely. work for it. Yeah. Absolutely. Do you remember doing it? A little bit. It was a long time ago. It was a long long time ago. Winning it must have meant something to your mom. It did. All the scholarships I won have actually meant something to my mom. All of them? Well, no, (laughs) do do say. Okay, let's, no, you're right. All right. So this is a Uh, woman who wins a lot of scholarships. No, no. Good parenting. (laughs) Good parenting and good mentorship. (laughs) <laughs> um, I'm, I was the first person in my family to ever graduate um, college. I finished my undergrad degree um, with a degree in interdisciplinary studies with minors in sociology and psychology. And I'm also the first person in my family to go to grad school. I'm currently a candidate for MBA with a concentration in wow. leadership and project management. So, Where are you going to school? At University of Houston downtown. Nice. So to say the least, my mom's she's really proud of me. She actually still has my plaque because we received plaques when we won, and she keeps them in a case in her house so that she can show all her friends. Those are better than Oscars. (laughs) You know, they they keep talking about the irrelevance of Oscars. This is true. It is irrelevant. What matters is these sorts of plaques that make your parents proud and the the community proud by you. Those are things that really matter. Uh, you know, I'm going to have to rectify my assessment of you, Janae. You're not the embodiment of the success of, of the Salvation Army. You're the embodiment of the American dream. Mm-hmm. Literally, that's that's exactly what people put their families on on decrepit old boats, and they still do that. 
<laughs> to Thank come you. to this country and uh, well, your 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 mom should be proud. It what a tremendous amount of work it. it and you know, you mentioned uh, several times that the reason you were at the Boys and Girls Club was because your mom had to work. So uh, you both played a part in it, and that's <laughs> it's worth recognizing. Thank you. You are listening to Houston, PA, Houston's public affairs show. My name is Laurent. I am the Texan from France, and my friends. My guests are here from the Salvation Army. I said friends because it kind of rolls off the tongue. You know, I'm so impressed by the amount of help they brought to the Houston community during Harvey. And th that's because it's kind of like a bright flash. But I also know that uh, the reason it was set off is because the organization uh, is built to exist and help on a daily basis. And so it's kind of an acceleration, an augmentation of the services that they already know how to provide. Shalika Chisholm is the Emergency Disaster Services Statistician for the Salvation Army of Greater Houston. Janae Jones is the Education Coordinator for the Salvation Army Boys and Girls Club. She is also the recipient of the Youth of the Year Scholarship, and uh, she's doing an MBA. And uh, she has just explained to us that it had a, mostly to do with her mom and the Boys and Girls Club. And I might be oversimplifying. I might be taking the data she, she gave me and interpreting in such a way that I like, which is something <laughs> that <laughs> Shalika is kind of against. But uh, on the other hand, I think that the, the statistics do speak for themselves. The Salvation Army is a power to help people. Uh, comes from the community. And uh, Shalika, since you have the data, how much of your budget is donated by the community, the country, and how much of it comes from the government? So um, I don't know um, specifics about how much... Um, how much we get in grants and how much we get in donations. But I do know that majority of um, our assistance is funded by donations. Yeah, and it's mm -hmm. probably, the spread is probably pretty great. I mean, uh, uh, it's, it's probably well over half. Of, oh, I'm sure the percentage yeah. is well over half, yeah. yes. So, and, and it's a demonstration, once again, that it's the community helping itself. But you're a national organization. Uh, actually, you're in Canada too, so you're an international organization. Yes, we're an international. If you worldwide. go, if you pardon, we're a worldwide organization. If you go to SalvationArmyHouston.org, uh, the donation you make and the volunteering obviously is going to be to the area. So it, it's kind of one way to help the army, but specifically to aim the help at the Houston area and the Gulf Coast area. So Shalika, one of the things that I have to ask you is what did you learn from the Army's response to Harvey and what are the, some of the things that you think you guys can do better? Because I know you guys are working on that. That's how I got this good. Every time <laughs> it gets fixed a little bit better. <laughs> it does, it does. Okay, so some of the things that I have learned personally um, as it relates to Harvey is never be afraid to just jump in and do whatever is necessary. So when my husband and I um, came here because I um, relocated from Atlanta, Georgia, we came specifically to um, help with the storm. I worked on a canteen and I fed people. I've prayed with people. I've um, distributed things um, from um, at distribution centers. Um, I have... Um, completed the administrative work. I've worked in different, um, I've worn different hats during the entire process. And each hat is just as important as the um, next. Praying with someone and providing emotional and spiritual care That's what is, it is just as important as um, serving them a meal. 
as giving them clothes, a bottle of water. It all means something to them. And what I really, really learned is that most people just want to share their story. They just want to share their story. They want to tell you about what happened to them, how they survived, and how grateful they are for anything that um, we do for them. You know, it's remarkable because I asked you a question that was actually sort of, you know, it wasn't particularly specific, but the answer you gave us was specific to your experience and it was very personal. And uh, it's another demonstration of why all of you do this, that there's a vocation to want to help. Your interest is really in the people. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, yeah, we, we, I think we feel more connected after this event, and it's probably something that happens after uh, every catastrophe. Uh, Janae, what did you do during the storm or during the recovery? Did you have to put on several different hats? Um, actually, no. Um, during the storm, I was actually flooded into my home and couldn't oh. go anywhere if I wanted to. <laughs> and another difficulty you're dealing with mm-hmm. is that not everybody you can mobilize can be mobilized. Exactly. Absolutely. Exactly. We have employees and um, volunteers that are going through the same struggle. And what helps them the most is being able to help someone else. Um, it keeps them busy and the focus off of their situation. And then they they um, apply for assistance as well with other organizations and with the Salvation Army, um, too. Um, and, and so we're able to really be a part of each other's lives in that way. Yeah. Janae, how did the Boys and Girls Club uh, react to all these kids who lost everything? That you, again, here's an organization you're working with that has tools in place and has to accelerate and augment their services all of a sudden. Absolutely. Uh, so um, after Harvey, and again, I wasn't there because yeah. I, was, I was flooded in my home, but um, from what I saw in the clubs, um, a lot of kids were, were able to be um, assisted, those that weren't relocated. The clubs actually lost a lot of students during that time um, due to families having to move um, from their houses being flooded or them losing everything or just whatever their situation was that their family had to get up and go. But to my understanding, the Salvation Army did donate clothing, meals. Like they were they were actually there for these kids. Um, emotional support, as she said, prayers and, and things of that nature. They were really there for the children. And, and that's what it's all about. Have some of those kids started to come back to the Boys and Girls Club, the ones that had they were really put out by the storm? Right. So slowly the kids are starting to come back into the club. We're hoping that um, – we, we continuously um, get an increase in our numbers. Um, I'm hoping that this summer more of them will be back because a lot of the students actually switched schools when they relocated for Harvey, so it's kind of hard to come back in the middle of the school year. But hopefully by this summer, then we'll see an increase in the numbers. So things are sort of ground down to, well, they slowed down for you then, huh? Um, a little bit. This year in our scholarship program, our Youth of the Year program, we actually have 41 participants over our several clubs. Is that it, what does that compare? So it's a decrease from last year, yeah. um, maybe about almost half actually. Oh wow! From so last it's a huge year, huge cut. Yeah. yeah, and Harvey definitely um, has something to do with that, with the kids relocating and everything. But by next year, I'm hoping that the numbers will be back up and all the students will be able to participate and try to win scholarship money. So, are the people that are applying for the scholarship this year are there stories that they're telling in the application? Are they related to the flood? Um, so, I had some kids, um, and a lot of my kids don't tell the, their stories um, in their application process because they more so 
want to give a positive spin of what's going on. Um, everyone in Houston was affected by Harvey. It flooded the entire city of Houston, and I think my kids recognize that, so they don't want to kind of tell us that story anymore. Now they just want you to know what they're doing positive, um, where they're trying to go, um, what their grades are. These kids want you to be proud of them, so that's what they're going to come in and they're going to show the judges. Yeah, so they're putting on a pretty brave face, actually, which is kind of what the city is doing. It's like, well, let's move on. We, we need to rebuild and move on. Things keep happening here. That's, that's how the prairies were, were created with floods and, and hurricanes. We definitely want to mention um, that we have partnered with several elementary schools to help them get back, um, the students get back to a regular schedule. Um, especially one elementary school, Robinson Elementary, they were displaced during the storm. And so in January, they were finally able to get back into their um, school. And so we are partnering with them to provide emotional and spiritual care, as well as um, donate shoes, brand new shoes, um, school supplies, backpacks, and things of that nature so that they can feel normal again. I mean, it won't be the same normal. It's a new normal, but they can feel um, like a student. SalvationArmy.org. SalvationArmy.org. You can donate money, but uh, this is something that uh, we haven't talked about very much. You do take material donations. Yes. So we um, would love to have financial support from um people. Um, we take donated items um, as well as we would love to have volunteers. Yeah. We need volunteers. That is so important, especially as we rebuild Houston. I think that we can say unanimously for nonprofit organizations, if you can give them an afternoon of your time, even if it's just once every two months or mm -hmm. once a month, it is in fact more valuable to the organizations than the money that you can give them. Yes. Unless you have a lot of buying power, I guess. They're, I guess they're, <laughs> the, the data would show that at some point maybe money is just as good. But uh, people are often in a position to feel a little ashamed that they cannot give more than five, ten dollars. And I think that this is a barrier to going to Salvation Army Houston dot org, for instance, and and making a donation, which would make a difference. They, it's a, it's a collective action. It's not just us. Yes. So every dollar actually makes a difference. It's an actual truth. But uh, if you you can donate an afternoon. And you could you could go to the Boys and Girls Club and spend an afternoon with Absolutely. the kids. There's there are countless organizations in town that work because of the will of the people who make them work. They get no government money. They get very little donations. They're tiny organizations, and uh, eventually one day some of them grow into things like the Salvation Army. So don't forget that. Uh, Join in and team up with your neighbors and go spend an afternoon. Go go to a walk on a, for a special event benefiting an organization. Those are some of the best ways to support them. And once again, SalvationArmyHouston.org. Let them know how proud we are of the work they did. They represent a whole lot of people, not from just the Houston area. It really is an American thing, and I include Canada in this description of America. <laughs> righteously. Righteously, because that's where it is. It's in America. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, and and support these organizations. If you have any questions for me, Texanfromfrance at gmail.com. Texanfromfrance at gmail.com. You can also go to iHeart.com and search for Houston PA. That'll bring up the podcast. I know most of you listen to the podcast. 
that this is how you hear uh, about the people that I've put on this show. And I thank you for listening. I thank you for caring. I'll be back here next week at the same time. The proud Houstonian I am. My name is Laurent. I am the Texan from France. And this has been Houston, PA, Houston's public affairs show. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.